Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 15th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founders, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. That is a freedom-loving fantastic. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one faith-filled issue at a time. We got a lot to cover, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, a recap of yesterday's show starts now. We had on Brian Rust of RustCoinandGift.com. You've got a friend in the coin business. We also had on our guest Kelly Finnegan, senior chemist, joins us on air. And we talked about the honest money report as we always do. We also highlighted the fact that Biden, not Putin, causing pain at the gas pump, even the Washington Times articulates that reality check ladies and gentlemen joe in a misplaced blame game shame on him the russians don't even provide much gas or oil for us at all biden signs an executive order for digital money ladies and gentlemen joe's executive order and the democratic congress's quest for power and legislation aims to wipe out cash folks you find a move to all digital for your money where they can chop you off in a second and you have no recourse, no ability to push for a redress of grievance whatsoever. Look out, it's a coming. We also talked about the vaccine passports are simply a pathway to a social communist style credit system. Beware of that, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about a quote, crypto revolution in Argentina is underway according to Forbes.com. We also talked about the fact that Elon Musk offers to buy Twitter for $43 billion in cash. Twitter's market value is only $36 billion. And uh, Twitter has extraordinary potential. He wants to unlock it. That's Elon Musk. He says, um, I invested in Twitter because I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a prerequisite for a functioning democracy, he says. We don't have a democracy, Elon. Uh, you know, you need to study the supreme law of the land and understand that we have a constitutional republic drastically different from a democracy, sir. If you're that educated, that, quote, brilliant, everybody thinks you're a rocket scientist, brilliant kind of guy, but you don't even understand we don't have a democracy? Come on now, how much propaganda have you been swallowing your whole life, sir? All right, ladies and gentlemen, they say two new variants of Omicron, both related to the, quote, BA2, are spreading across New York like wildfire. So we discussed all that in hour one. Hour two, we talked about at least 20-plus FBI and Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives assets were embedded around the U.S. Capitol on January 6th 
2021. That's what an attorney wrote in a court filing in an effort for the Oath Keepers to uh, dismiss these seditious and conspiracy charges. The Epic Times with the incredible piece. Capitol Police, believe it or not, are escorted down the Capitol steps through the crowd to safety on January 6th by who you ask? By members of the Oath Keepers. And that's why I have not jettisoned the Oath Keepers to date. There might be a bad apple or two in the group, but how many of them are government provocateurs? All right. How many are really government plants? Well, we're starting to find out with these lawsuits. Over 20 asserts the defense right now. Uh, is government going to have to come on record and deliver the goods? Or are they just going to hide behind the cloak and dagger of, oh, it's top security. It's it's um, uh, national security at stake. Uh, we, we can't. Are they going to have real discovery and a true due process type scenario for the Oath Keepers? I pray the answer is yes. We also talked about the movie Better Nate Than Ever. It's the gayest kids movie from Disney ever created, unleashed on America. Yeah. Joe Kovacs, WND.com. It turns out that people are just in glowing support of this perverted movie. The question is, will Disney see the light and drop its promotion of the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer agenda? Not likely, ladies and gentlemen. We played the better Nate than ever trailer, highlighting the fact that, you know what, we got a big problem in America. Look, Americans need to jettison Disney. But again, they're waking up kind of like, you know, going down to your government school board and saying, hey, we see problems. And they're saying, well, you're a terrorist. Shut up, sit down, go away. We're seeing the same thing with Disney. Americans are incensed about these movies promoting transgender, gay, lesbian, bisexual, uh, everything that goes against God's laws and literally jettisons science. But yet, you know what? You speak out about it and they just simply say you're a bigot, you're a hitter, you're a terrorist, you're a racist, you're whatever. And Americans sadly get checked out of the game. Well, I got to push back against my government school, but I can't take my kid out of the communist cesspool. Can't do that. Well, I, I, and we go on and on and on, never taking real action to make a significant difference, ladies and gentlemen. In Hollywood, a new giant joins the ranks of blockbuster merger. It's Discovery and Warner. Yeah, they closed on Friday. Huge mega merger in the movie business. Anyway, we talked about that, so it's going to get worse as the companies get bigger and further and further away from the people. You know, the corporate idea that where we have these massive corporations and corporations are judged by the law as people, but yet uh, they're people without accountability, without emotions, without responsibility, without integrity, without transparency. It's a shame on steroids, folks. I'll tell you that right now. We also talked about a number of Americans who use the Bible, sadly drops off a cliff. In one year, 26 million stopped their interaction with the Bible, their interaction with going to church, writes Bob Unra, WND.com. The Democrats are in power in Washington. They're pro-abortion, pro-gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. They're anti-Christian agendas are surging. Church attendance is down. Bible studies down. Promotion of all things perverted on the rise. Yeah, fewer Americans are reading their Bible and fewer are attending church. Six out of seven people, they say 86%, agreed that the moral values of America 
are declining. Yeah, uh, just a tragic reality check, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that is a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. Hopefully it was educational. Hopefully it was certainly to some degree entertaining. But hard-hitting talk oftentimes has a more serious bent uh, than just those who love to have a lot of fun. Now, I know it's easy to listen to those who like to have a lot of fun and entertain and everything, and I get it. The problem is they, start short of the re- they stop short of the real solutions that should be provided. Uh, that's my humble opinion to which I'm entitled. That is a recap. Available at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Share the love. Free radio at your fingertips. Would you please? Without further ado, Chris Carlson with me on a freedom-loving, fantastic Friday. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. The Protocols of Zion. The Protocols of the Learned of the Elders of Zion is an intriguing book written by an unknown author in Russia around the 1900s. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter. Some say the book's fiction. Some say it's not. Some say we know the author. Some say we don't. I really want to highlight in this book review that we're going to do, Sam and Chris, uh, I want to highlight the reality of the truths taught in the book based on principle, ladies and gentlemen. The first one is Zionism is a political movement. Not all Jews are Zionists. And many Christians and atheists are Zionists. So it's not really a religious attack on the Jews or anybody else per se, but it's a reality check on principle. Chris, let's start there, sir. Yeah, and so so let me just uh, add uh, to your commentary. That was very, very good what you said. Frankly, I don't really care who wrote the book. I know who wrote the book. Satan wrote the book through his minions here on earth, and there are millions of them today. There were millions of them 120 years ago when it was written. So we really don't need to argue about that fact, because the the more important thing, as you read the book, you realize that whoever wrote it 120-some years ago knew what we would be experiencing today, because their agenda is being implemented literally piece by piece today, and a lot of it has already come to pass. So I don't sit here and argue about whether it's fictional or non-fictional. The fact is it's being implemented. The agenda is being foisted upon us. That's the important part, as you pointed out. <clears throat> so we're going to read some excerpts from the book. Um, I'll go ahead with the first excerpt that I've chosen. And I've only gotten through about the first 20 pages of it, and there's plenty of material to cover the show. So here, here's a quote from the book, Sam. Politics have nothing in common with morals. These qualities have to be attributes of the Gentile countries, but we are not in the least forced to be guided by them. Our right lies in might. Okay, my commentary. Did you want to comment on that? I guess we'll go to the break, and then we'll We'll, we'll go to the uh, break, ladies, and, we'll, ladies and gentlemen. We'll come on back. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that Zionism is a political movement. Not all Jews are Zionists. Many Christians and atheists are Zionists as well. We're talking about a political movement. We're talking about, um, well, we'll get into it. What, what is the precinct warning and more? Liberty Roundtable Live.
Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious business. Uh, whether this book is, some say it's the great forgery. My response is when you look at the evidence that have come, that has come forth since this book was released, if you will, the parallels of prophecy are shocking to say the least. The protocols of the learned elders. All right, it's an intriguing book, ladies and gentlemen, that highlights some real fundamental truths that we need to understand. All right, the Zionist New World Order, ladies and gentlemen, NWO, New World Order, whatever you want to call it, Zionist World Order, ZWO, it's the desired outcome of those who believe they're in charge. Okay, it'll be accomplished by control of the money and the media. Let's start there, Chris. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's let's get to that quote. Thank you. Okay. On the ruins of natural and hereditary aristocracy, we build an aristocracy of our own on a plutocratic basis. That means a small group of rulers. We established this new aristocracy on wealth, of which we had control, and on science promoted by our scholars. My comment to that Sam, is this is why it is so important. We talked about this last week, if you'll recall, when we reviewed Ron Paul's book uh, in the Fed. Um, this is why it is so important to restore the money creation and regulation power back to Congress where it belongs, along with gold and silver backing. 
Give me control of a nation's money supply, and I care not who makes its laws. And you know who made that statement, Mayor Amschel Rothschild, the, the Rothschild banking family who is still around today and who a lot of people consider the richest family in the world. And they're the ones at the very top of this money pyramid under which we now toil, Sam. So you get a control of a nation's money, and what can, can you not control? Well, the and there you, you go. They've created the IRS, ladies and gentlemen. Today is what? Tax filing day. You better get it done. April the 15th. That's their tyrannical yep. agenda coming to fruition right here in the land of the free, huh? Yeah, and I was just listening to a mainstream political commentary program yesterday here locally, Sam, and it broke my heart to hear people who are who who claim to be conservative saying, yeah, well, I don't mind paying my taxes because – you know, I enjoy driving on the roads and uh, the infrastructure and all of the governmental benefits that we derive from that. Well, that's fine. And I don't argue that we should pay taxes. The issue I have with it, that those taxes should be collected within the confines that the Constitution, and I would add our God-inspired Constitution, give the government in which to operate. The fact that they're operating outside of those divine boundaries is what concerns me. I don't mind paying taxes otherwise. Understood. Taxes do fund the proper role of limited government when appropriately connected and appropriately spent. But we've ran things off the rails with communism at the heart of everything we do. Now, this incredible book, ladies and gentlemen, The Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, starts with this general idea. Okay, there's an adjective that really kind of helps you understand what's going on. It's precinct, okay? And that means having or showing knowledge of events before they actually take place. So the idea in this book is considered a precinct warning, if you will. The warning is that the Zionist world order, or the new world order, however you prefer to call it, it's the desired outcome. It'll be accomplished by controlling the media and our money. To assert, ladies and gentlemen, this idea that politics should have nothing in common with morals is to literally adopt Karl Marx's dialectical materialism, right? Which asserts that man is only driven by greed and uh, all these other base objectives and base motives. That's all that man adheres to. And therefore, because man is subject to bribery, deceit, and treachery, that's the currencies of our major current political process today, that a men are so base and so ruined that, you know what, there needs to be an elite class to save us from ourselves, Chris. That's the idea, the Zionism idea that, hey, there are people that are that, that believe that they are above the rest of us to save us from ourselves, to save the world from our abuse, uh, etc. right? I mean, that's the premise of what they're talking about here. Yeah, and what they have done, and I wanted to, to you, you uh, asserted that very eloquently, Sam, but I'd like to go back and remind people that they're using the First Amendment, uh, which is called the Establishment Clause. It basically says uh, that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And they have used that, Sam, to, to create this wall of this, quote, wall of separation, unquote, between government and religion which is a huge, huge mistake 
and a mistranslation of the Constitution. In fact, that wall of separation quote was not even in the Constitution. It, it's a quote from uh, a letter written between uh, Thomas Jefferson and a group of Banbury Baptists after the Constitution was written. But they use that to try to divorce religion from politics, and they've successfully done that, unfortunately. And even Christians uh, uh, genuflect to that notion. That's not even close to what the Founding Fathers had intended to do. And, and I'll go ahead and say that um, constitutional re revisionists erroneously asserted that it was to be interpreted to establish a wall of separation between religion and politics. This assertion is ridiculous. If this were the case, we could have no laws against murder because it would support the Christian prohibition against murder and the Ten Commandments. Nor could we have laws against stealing or bearing false witness for the same reason, Sam. And, of course, that's ridiculous. But they have successfully manipulated the Christian mind to believe that there should be a wall of separation between Christian morality and politics. Which, if we ever got to the point where we completely divorce those two concepts, uh, we would be – our nation would be ruined. So, Yeah. And that, but, but that was predicted over 120 years ago in the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. And you can see how that is now taking place. Well, and this is why we need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, this is idea that somehow politics should have nothing in common with morals. Leave your morals at the door uh, and, and delve into the political realm. And that's why I always teach on the radio, Chris, that, you know what, there's nothing political in this world. That's just their desire to divide and conquer and destroy us and check us out of the game. Everything is a moral discussion. Everything, ladies and gentlemen. you got to understand, how is it that modern Christians cannot see that these trite and jaded slogans, such as hope and change and America first and make America great again, and I can go on and on and on and on, they're just simply hollow expressions with no actions to literally back them up, with no defense of principle or honor or integrity. All they serve is the purpose of dividing and conquering the American people. That's all they serve to do. They don't do anything to bring back principle, to bring back honest money, to bring back morality, to bring back accountability and transparency. None of that happens with this. But Christians... Sadly, and I don't mean to attack Christians, but I want to be very clear about this, sadly have fallen for this dishonest Hegelian dialectic rhetoric. And that's really where the core of the problem is, because if Christians were taught by the black robe regiments of yesteryear, the truth of morality and religion being the two pillar vital supports to liberty, um, the Christians would have none of this. But somehow we've spiraled down into this deceptive ideology uh, that divides and conquers us, that literally pits us against ourselves, Chris. Yeah, and here's the thing. We, we have gotten to the point, Sam, where we glam on to these trite and jaded expressions like make America great again. You know, we're going to make China pay for for um, thing, you know, their goods and services. We're going to do this and that. These are all uh, abstract generalities. Yeah, we're going to make Mexico pay for the wall there, Chris. Yeah, build the wall. All these things. And we glam onto them, and we don't recognize, Sam, that uh, they never get accomplished. But, but that's okay because these statements are so general, they can be interpreted a thousand different ways. What our politicians should be telling us is they're going to jettison the IRS. They're going to uh, get rid of the Federal Reserve System. They're going to get rid of all the cabinet-level departments that the Constitution does not 
provide for. Now we're talking. Now we've got something of substance that can be verified if or if not as it is accomplished. But politicians don't want to say those things because, because then they will be held accountable for something that is measurable and that can be verified. But they don't want to be held accountable. They even just want the to make out, throw ones, out these statements. Even the simple ones they double down on, they never deliver on anyway. For example, they've been ready to abolish the education department since the, the days of Reagan. And now the education department's in bed with the with the FBI and the CIA and the Justice Department and the Pentagon to call average soccer moms terrorists. Okay, the Obamacare. They talked about it in rhetoric, but they never wanted to get rid of Obamacare. When they had the chance, they failed. Ladies and gentlemen, understand the goal of this new world order. The goal of this Elders of Zion learned book is to highlight they will create a universal economic crisis by all possible means and uh, they will deceive us into treating our liberty protecting your liberties you're listening to liberty news radio USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Russia this week through formal diplomatic channels told the United States and NATO to stop giving shipments of the most sensitive weapon systems to Ukraine. And they were adding fuel to the conflict and could bring unpredictable consequences. End quote. The notice came in as President Biden approved an additional $800 million package, including 155-millimeter howitzers, a serious long-range artillery, and other weapons. Russian President Putin Friday via a translator. What is surprising here, so-called partners from unfriendly countries assume that they can avoid Russian energy resources, including natural gas. Its reasonable replacement for Europe doesn't exist. As we enter Easter weekend, Easter's exact date varies every year because of the moon. The holiday is set to coincide with the first full moon after the vernal equinox. USA Radio News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. Captain Jack Sparrow in real life is not having much fun these days. A former marriage counselor for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard said the actors engaged in mutual abuse in a taped deposition that was played in a Fairfax, Virginia courtroom as part of a defamation trial. Dr. Laurel Anderson was the couple's counselor in 2015. Johnny Depp is seeking $50 million from Heard in the defamation trial, a response to her 2018 op-ed in the Washington Post in which she said she was a victim of domestic violence. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. 
High winds and dry conditions are sparking wildfires across South Dakota this hour. A couple of notable fires include a 100-plus acre fire in Stanley County, that's near Hayes, South Dakota, and a smaller fire near Lake Andes. Another hot spot is just a few miles northwest of Rapid City. Red flag warnings were issued due to the strong winds between 30 and 60 miles an hour. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson talking about a book written around 1900 called The Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. And uh, understand, we don't care the origins of this book. It highlights fundamental truths. It really mirrors the Communist Manifesto in agenda. It's almost like Solinsky's book, Yesteryear, written with fundamental truths. It highlights the fact that Zionism is a political movement. Not all Jews are Zionists, but many Christians and atheists are Zionists. What is the Zionist agenda or calling card, if you will? Literally, it is uh, a new world order, a goal to take over the world, a goal to create tyranny, a goal that says, look, we the elite have to help you failing people. You'll destroy yourselves if we don't take care for you. In other words, it's a precinct warning having knowledge of events before they occur. Their goal, to destroy our way of life, ladies and gentlemen. They want to accomplish it by control of the money and the media. Understand that's their main goal, their main cause. That's why it's so important for us to return to honest constitutional currency, ladies and gentlemen. But ladies and gentlemen, they want to assert that politics should have nothing in common with morals. They want to separate church and state. They want to accept... Uh, separate your morals from your actions uh, in government or relating to the governing of the lording, if you will, over others. All right. How is it the modern day Christianity can't see this reality check? Why don't we get it? Why don't we understand they're doing this to us? Well, we could solve the problem if Americans would wake up. What we need is the black robed regiment of yesteryear, ladies and gentlemen, to stand in the pulpit on fire with righteousness, teaching the truth of God where the spirit can bear witness of the truths of morality and religion being the vital, moral, fundamental supports of liberty. Without them, we shall sur- surely fall. Ladies and gentlemen, they say, though, in this elder's book, we will create a universal economic crisis by all possible underhanded means and with the help of gold which is in our hands we'll get it done all right look ladies and gentlemen they want to create an economic crisis they know that's where uh the buck stops if you will because you can control most people if you control their money if you control their economics Uh, most people involved in bread and circus will capitulate to keep the bread and circus a rolling chris yeah and we talked at we talk ad nauseum about these issues, and apparently Christians don't understand it because we keep hacking at the at the branches of the tree. You've heard this analogy, right? Or or a dandelion. If you want to uh, eradicate dandelions from your grass, you don't cut them off at the stem because in a couple of days, Sam, they'll they'll be right back. You have to root them up, and the root of the problem is the money supply. Whoever controls that money supply. Just like um, uh, Mayor Amschel Rothschild stated, that person will control everything downstream of that money supply. And inasmuch as people are corruptible, especially our politicians, and here's something we need to understand. The people who aspire to public office are not the type of people really that should be in public office. They're they're, uh, egotists. uh, They're narcissists. 
and in some cases, they're actually sociopaths. And these are the people who are least qualified for public office because they're in it for their own personal gain. We need to and recognize the higher that. level they get, Especially, the more criminalistic they really end up being to even get there in the first place, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious. Now, I want to highlight in this book, um, The Elders of Zion, if you will, it highlights literally 23 guidelines. That's why I compare this to Solinsky's book quite a bit. It's the how-to manual to literally take all nations uh, and turn them into this global governance scenario. And they've got like 23 different action items in this book that highlight how they want to get this done. Let me cover a few of these, Chris, and I want you to comment on them because they're really critical to understand. You can see them in everything that's happening today. So whether this book is fiction or not, no matter who wrote it or not, fundamental realities uh, relate here. And this warning that I mentioned, right, is really critical to understand. All right. What do they call this? A precinct warning? Okay, that's really what you got to keep in mind uh, as we discuss this because it really absolutely relates. We can debate the validity of this book all day long, but the fact is listen to these blueprint plans, if you will, from the book. One, take control of the media and use it as propaganda for our plans. Wow. Two, start fights between different races, classes, and religions. Oh, boy. Three, use bribery, threats, blackmail, lies, and deception so that we can get our way. Oh, boy. Four, use Masonic lodges to attract potential public officials. In other words, use think tanks where we don't care if they come from the left-right ideology. They all have the socialist, communist agenda, right? Let's, let's grow our people up from our own, quote, institutions is what they're saying. Five, yeah, I'll, appeal to successful ahead. people's egos, ladies and gentlemen. Six, appoint public leaders who can be controlled by blackmail. Seven, replace royal rule with, quote, social rule, then communism, then despotism. But start out by teaching the people that there's a different kind of socialism that's good. Eight, abolish all rights and freedoms except the right of force by us. Sacrifice people, including Jews, sometimes when necessary. Eliminate religion. Yeah, like Seth Rich. <laughs> I'm yeah, that's of, right. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Seth, Seth Rich, Rich, right? Great he example. Yeah, just eliminate all those people. Okay? Eliminate religion and replace it with science and materialism. All right, I've given you the first 10. Let's comment on that, Chris. Okay. Uh, you want to start with the media? Well, when you control the media, you control the message. And I work with conservatives on a day-to-day -day basis, Sam. I go into their homes, so I kind of know what they're watching on a day-to-day -day basis. They love Fox News. And they think that they're getting conservative uh, information from Fox News. They are not. They're getting programming. It might be a little, it might be socialist light, you know. For example, uh, you know, let's spend uh, this much on social welfare. Oh no, we can't spend that much. We're gonna cut that budget in half. Okay, so they feel that, that they're satisfied by the fact that the government is only spending maybe half the money that they would normally spend if the, the Democrats had their way, 
when in fact the Constitution doesn't give the federal government authority to give even one penny to a poor person. That uh, devolves upon the churches and the individual citizens of this country, Sam. But they don't seem to understand that because they're, they think that they're getting uh, conservative news from Fox News, and they're not. So that's just one example of many we could cite of how control of the media has brainwashed the people of this country into believing that socialism, as long as it's moderate, as long as it's not getting too carried away, is okay, and it's not. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, we have focused so much on what we call the new media taking center stage. Because really, if we're going to win this battle for the hearts and minds, if we're going to win this culture war, if we're going to jettison the lie that you can separate morality and religion from the day-to-day workings of government, okay, we've got to jettison that deception. And it starts with education. And that education must take place within the media because that's where most people get their information. That's where most people get their guidance. Now listen to the rest of these. Control the education system to spread deception and to destroy intellect. Wow. Now all the parents are raging at their government school boards, and now they're being called terrorists, huh? This is the level of the war that these people are willing to go to, ladies and gentlemen. Twelve, rewrite history to our benefit. Wow. Yeah, the victors always write the history, don't they, folks? Use our media to create entertaining distractions. Wow. Think about that one, ladies and gentlemen. 14, corrupt minds with filth and perversion. Oh, boy, that's happening at a grand larceny scale, is it not? And we've seen that devolve. I'm sorry. Go ahead. During our lifetimes alone. I mean, we're... Sam and I, we're 54 years old. I I hope I'm not divulging any personal. But we've seen that devolve incredibly over our lifetimes. And that's a relatively short period. Anyway, continue. Yeah. I mean, this is serious, folks. And we see this really happening in the last, uh, I would say, five years. It's taken effect more than ever. So listen to this. Encourage people to spy on one another. Keep the masses in poverty as you engage them in perpetual labor. See, America works more than almost any other country, folks. Take possession of all wealth, property, and especially gold. Well, aren't the Russians doing that right now, ladies and gentlemen? Use gold to manipulate the markets. Introduce a progressive tax on wealth. Wow. Welcome to Tax Day, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, in seconds on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. 
I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman discussing this book and kind of doing a book review, if you will. The book is called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, ladies and gentlemen. They, they're learned. They think they know. They think they're wise. They're lording over us because they believe, genuinely believe, that we can't take care of ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, it smacks of tyranny. It's evil, ladies and gentlemen, but that's the agenda they're on, right? That's the that's that's where they are, right? You got to understand yeah, that's and, their and agenda. That's what they're doing, Chris. And they're accomplishing it because we are allowing. See, we get the government that we tolerate, Sam. And you know, we we raise a lot of fuss about what they're doing. But we don't go about and actually implement the solutions. And let me give you an example that both Sam and I can relate to. So when my youngest daughter was in third grade, we recognized, my wife and I, we recognized that there was something wrong with the public school system, which is interesting because I'm actually a public school teacher, Sam. I think you knew that. But um, but we took yeah, I've been proactive for you action. Since I found that out, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your prayers. Keep them up. But um, but when my youngest daughter was in third grade and my oldest daughter was in seventh grade, my wife and I recognized that there was something wrong with the public school systems. And I and I already knew that as a as a school teacher. We took the initiative, Sam, and it was a sacrifice, and we had to dedicate this to prayer because it wasn't easy. We transitioned our our two daughters to a private Christian-based school which required that we travel 25 miles each way. It was a huge sacrifice. Parents, if you're disgusted with, with the condition, and nowadays, this, this was like 15 years ago, it's a lot worse. The public schools are a lot worse. Why? You, you go to the school board meeting and you complain about the, the education that your kids are getting, yet you could today pull your kids out of school. Why are you not doing that? You could homeschool them if you can't afford a private school, or you can just dedicate it to the Lord and say, Lord, we're making this decision because we know it's the right decision. 
will you help us to be able to afford a good Christian-based private school? And that's exactly what the Lord did. He made us equal financially to that task. And we never regretted having done that. And that's how I met Sam, because his uh, students, his his kids were going to the same school that we uh, sent our kids to, Sam. That's right. And I've never put my kid in the government school and never will, ladies and gentlemen. Again, the elders of uh, Zion, this, these learned elders, this is their agenda to take over the education system. And boy, howdy, have they done a fine job at that. And you need to take back your children's education. Now, I realize it's hard in modern society when both parents have to work to pay the IRS. Welcome to tax day, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, it's hard. I get it. But I also understand that, you know what? How are we going to extract ourselves from this tyranny, from this dishonest agenda? So a few more items from the list of how they want to destroy all that we hold dear in the culture war. They want to replace sound investment with speculation. Wow, isn't that interesting? They want to make long-term interest-bearing loans to governments and to individuals on every credit line possible. Education will get you in debt. Hey, we you can even finance your tax burden if you need to there, right? Whatever it be, just get us all into debt with interest that never sleeps. 22, give bad advice to governments and everyone else. You know, bad advice like, hey, let's shut off trade with these countries and then blame it on the country leaders that we shut trade off with is the reason that we're all suffering and inflation is skyrocketing, right? Look at that. 23, blame the victim. That's right. You're to blame for all this, Chris. You knew that, right? Yep. Yeah. And we're living. And and what's intriguing about that whole list, Sam, is that was compiled 120 plus years ago these guys know what they're doing so take this document don't don't just listen to the um, people that say well this is you know this is a forgery or this is a fraud i don't care all i know is that what they predicted 120 plus years ago is coming to pass we need to take it seriously we need to take our christianity seriously there are many things we can do we just aren't willing to get out of our comfort zones and make those sacrifices sam but I would suggest that our eternal salvation is well worth whatever sacrifice we need to make because we will be held accountable for the schools that we send our children to, the media that we allow ourselves to be brainwashed by, uh, the politicians that we elect on a biannual basis. All these things, I think, will be called into question when we stand before that, that bar of God and give an account for our lives because they do have spiritual impact on our lives and the lives of others. There's no question about it, ladies and gentlemen. Since I've never put a kid in government school at all, ever, and I have eight children, it means I've saved the taxpayers well over a million dollars. I've also spent a quarter of a million dollars of my own money educating my children, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very clear about that. Now, when it comes to uh, dollars and labor equity, if you will, sweat equity in dollars, I've put well over a million dollars over the past 25-plus years into media as well. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to tout that I'm important, but I am here to say we have got to start putting our money where our mouth is, Chris. We have got to get this done yep. or else we're going to lose this culture war, sir. Yep. And the and the Lord will make us equal to the task. That's the thing. Because when we decided to put our kids into a private Christian-based school, it was not an easy financial sacrifice for us to make. But the Lord made us equal to the task. You need to understand that. He will never 
uh, call us to do anything that he will not give us the ability to do. And that takes faith, and it takes getting out of our comfort zones. And, but we need to do that because our salvation is certainly worth it. Um, whatever the government I promotes, make... ladies and gentlemen, whatever the government promotes, you got to understand that that's really the problem. So the government says we got to have a Federal Reserve because, hey, the wild swings of the markets need to be stabilized. And so we're going to stabilize the markets with the Federal Reserve. But just the opposite happens. When they have a war on drugs, what happens? More drugs. When they have a, okay, we go on and on, right? Well, this Federal Reserve issue is just the same. You know what? How many economic crises have we had since the international bankers took control in 1913, Chris? It's off the charts. Yeah, and all the government policies that burden us with more and more taxes, mostly in the form of inflation, by the way. Inflation is a form of taxation. I can give you that list. Starting with Executive Order 6102 in 1933, uh, the government started confiscating America's gold with very few exceptions. Socialist Security, 1935, the Farm Security Administration, FSA, the Tennessee Valley Authority, the Works Pro- Progress Administration, the CCC, the Civilian Conservation Corps, uh, all during the New Deal of the 1930s, decoupling gold from the dollar in 1971, Medicaid, Medicare. Sam, I could go on. I don't mean to bore our audience, but all these programs were a result of economic concerns that were created by the Federal Reserve System under which we continue to toil. Yet we blame everything and anything except the phony, unconstitutional, dishonest monetary system under which we are forced to labor today. And once we jettison that, many of these problems just go away magically because the government won't have the money with which to implement these these programs without increasing our taxes. And that will raise a red flag and we'll say, wait a minute, you can't raise my taxes. But nowadays they don't have to raise your taxes. Like we talked about last week, all they have to do is print more money. And then we blame the store where we buy our groceries or the gas station or the economy or whatever, anything but the government. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that. Hopefully they are. And it's not just Biden. People are pointing the finger of blame at Biden spending all this money. Guess who spent $6 trillion in a short four-year period of time before Biden ever came into power? Yeah, Donald Trump uh, has to take at least as much blame, if not more, for the inflation that we are now suffering under, Sam, because so far Biden hasn't even uh, borrowed more than, than $6 trillion. He will. He'll probably borrow eight to, to nine trillion dollars by the end of his presidency, and then we can say that he's worse than Trump, or whatever. I just jettison the whole concatenation of diabolical rascality and just say, I won't vote for a Republican. I won't vote for a Democrat. You know, they're all crooks. They're all selected by the bankers, and um, and unless we come to grips with that reality, Sam, we're not going to extricate ourselves from this awful situation. Well, and the problem is people believe that either Barack or Donald is their savior. Well, can you, here's a bombshell for you. Um, you know who Ghislaine Maxwell is? Of course. Let me get, okay. World Affairs Brief, April 8th, 2022. Ghislaine, this is uh, last week. Ghislaine Maxwell says Jeffrey Epstein did have tapes of Trump, ding, 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 and the Clintons. The revelation came out after she was tricked by a 60-minute producer's question in 2016, unquote. 
there you have it. And we knew, but we knew that that's not a bombshell to us. Hopefully, uh, your listener, Sam, will come to the realization that both Donald Trump and Bill Clinton and a whole host of other politicians we could name were on that island with Jeffrey Epstein uh, engaging in illegal sexual acts while they were being filmed. That's how they controlled Donald Trump. That's why Donald Trump didn't jettison the Federal Reserve System or the IRS or the Department of Education, or a whole host of other, all many other unconstitutional organizations, because they had that over him, and that's how they controlled him. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Trump, ladies and gentlemen, on one hand, we thought was the savior. A lot of people thought this. But the truth is, we're, we've ended up after his presidency, after a one term, with a whole lot less freedoms, and now we find out that, hey, one of the 23 listed items is to make sure that we can blackmail our leaders. Well, wow, was that done with the Donald? Right? It certainly was. According to Gislaine Maxwell, according, and usually if it's in the World Affairs Brief, I tend to trust it, Sam. I'm not saying that Joel Skousen is 100% right 100% of the time, but usually he doesn't have to retract anything because he does his research. But I was saying that two years ago, Sam. I was pointing, I was identifying Donald Trump as one of the guests on uh, Little St. James Island with Jeffrey Epstein. But nobody wanted to listen to me because he was in, in political office at the, at the time. And he was making America great. But I dare compare his last year in office during the, the phony uh, COVID-19 pandemic with any year during Obama's uh, eight-year term, Donald Trump's last term was worse than any point during uh, Obama's uh, eight-year term. I, I dare you to compare any of that because he did nothing to rein in the governors and the local governments that were locking people down, forcing uh, people to quarantine, forcing people to take the shots. He did nothing to reverse that. Is Trump a deep state operative, ladies and gentlemen? Now we have the evidence from Jeffrey Upstein's partner documenting how they had control over Trump. Ghislaine Maxwell says that Jeffrey Epstein did indeed have tapes of Trump and the Clintons. Yeah, the revelation came out after she was tricked by a 60 Minutes producer's question in 2016, World Affairs Brief with the details. How many people are telling you these reality checks? Anyway, hopefully this book review encourages folks to dig in and understand what's happening in the culture war. Chris, final word's yours. Without God, we cannot win, Sam. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere are continuing our duties, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, we the people along with the Christ the Almighty can save America, but you got to get involved. God save the Republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. 
Hard-hitting news that Irish refused to use, no doubt, continues. This is indeed hour two of two. This is the broadcast for April the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And this is hour two. Ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always. It is tax day. Are you going ahead and file your taxes, you tax slave? Yeah, welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing fantastic. Last hour, we talked to Chris Carlson in great detail. And we talked about the protocols of the learned elders of Zion. And we talked about how this book, they debate if it's fiction or not. Uh, They debate who wrote it. It came out in the 1900 era. Uh, But it's prophetic as all get out and highlights what's going on and how uh, they really want to take over the world. These global elites believe that you and I can't manage our own affairs. Therefore, they better take care of us and remake society uh, in their blueprint, if you will. It smacks of the uh, Solinsky book of how to, uh, you know, radicals of how to take over everything and how to overwhelm the system. And it smacks of the Communist Manifesto and, and all tyrannical agenda playbooks, if you will. Uh, but the fact is they want to do it through control of the money and the media. And ladies and gentlemen, modern-day Christians don't understand the Hegelian dialectic. So what they do is they divorce religion and morality from politics, making you believe the two have no uh, overlapping spheres. That lie, then, allows us to be led down the primrose path of dishonesty and deception, ladies and gentlemen. They want to create a universal economic crisis, and then they want to go ahead and use that to manipulate us, ladies and gentlemen. But at the end of that hour discussion, we talked about Donald Trump. Is Donald Trump a deep state operative? They say now we have the evidence from Jeffrey Epstein's partner in crime, Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, she said they have the ability to compromise Donald Trump. Now, Ghislaine Maxwell says that Jeffrey Epstein did indeed have tapes of Trump and the Clintons. The revelation came after she was tricked by 60-minute producers' questions back in 2016. Worldaffairsbrief.com, April 8, 2022, is where this tidbit comes from. Dr. Bradley, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thank you. Uh, You've got plenty of owing to doffles. Let me just throw something else into the mix. This is a day that I think all of us ought to give pause on. It's a Passover. It's a recognition of the um, freeing of the children of Israel from bondage, if you will, under the hand of their tyrants, the the Egyptians, and uh, the miraculous occurrences that brought that about. It's also uh, known as Good Friday. It's the day the Savior was nailed to the cross. Of course, the night before, he had had... uh, an excruciating experience in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Many of these things, uh, us mere mortals, have very little understanding of the extent and nature of all things that happened. It's it's beyond our comprehension. But his suffering under the hands of the uh, Jewish hierarchy had happened through the night in an illegal trial uh, that happened. Of course, it's uh, reminiscent of the illegality of many of the Um, legal dealings of the world today, particularly in the United States and our governments. It's it's something that they illegally sentenced him to death, and they did not follow on the the tradition and the legal requirements. They violated the the, uh, requirement in ancient Israel that 
individuals could not be compelled to testify against themselves. He was he was uh, convicted on his own testimony, and uh, they had extorted that out of him. Of course, they they couldn't have got a conviction uh, in any way legally because he was guilty of nothing. But then to be turned it over to a uh, pagan uh, because they wanted him killed by the Romans, so that they'd have you know their culpability would not be uh, such that the people that followed Christ might be angry with them. They'd have to be angry with the Romans. The Roman had much more compassion on him than did his own people. And uh, he thought to, on many occasions, to let him go. He found no fault in him. He turned him over ultimately to varlets that would uh, scourge him to within an inch of death. And... Uh, and righteously again and everything, have him carry his own instrument of death to the hill of Golgotha and there nailed him to a cross. I mean, all of this stuff should be on their minds, I believe, on this day as we give commemoration to uh, what really, I mean, the parallels are unbelievable. The Passover lamb that happened in Israel anciently with the Egyptians uh, was simply a, a kind of a four... Uh, Sight of a of foreshadowing, what, if you will, the the lamb that would be slaughtered uh, without breaking bones and and uh, innocent and un, uh, in any way uh, marred by the world the worldly things, and yet to be to die by violence. I mean, uh, all of these things hanged between two that were likely guilty enough to be hung on a cross, and yet. So he, he dies with those that are criminals, if you will, and, and yet he becomes a convicted criminal. Uh, those of us that follow him are devotees to a convicted criminal, if you can imagine that. Um, we, we sometimes, um, I think we, we cast aspersions upon some people. Oh, yeah, boy, that such and such, so-and-so. Individual. I mean, you pick you pick someone that that really has been persecuted by the hierarchy, and and so you're, you know, kind of cast in the same light or shadow, if you will, of that individual that has somehow been convicted by, by the establishment, and yet and still, while they're not nearly as innocent as the Savior was, uh, they have been unrighteously convicted. At any rate, that's a day in my mind. Well, convicted again, in I, the court of public opinion via media propaganda is what's really happening, Doctor. In many instances, yes, indeed it is. But in any, many instances, uh, you know you know people uh, that have been put in prison, persecuted by the IRS or persecuted by um, some local establishment con, you know, constable of some sort and trumped-up charges. I hate to use the term Trump anymore with the connotations that come, but the fact of the matter is uh, we that profess the name of Christ, I believe, are oftentimes, uh, I don't know, it just seems to elude us that we do follow a convicted criminal, convicted by the hierarchy. The Jews wanted him dead, and it was it was the official, the official Sanhedrin and their I mean, we could talk about their violation of their own laws in, in order to obtain this. And then the conviction of the uh, secular powers of the time, the, you know, and the, the Romans 
that held position based upon conquering a people and and uh oh you you look at their Roman soldiery that were there you know they were they were the palace guard you know they were the the ones that were there to hold the power for those that sat in the seats sometimes we are i i fear today there's too many parallels to even be able to draw them out together so i don't know i just thought i'd mention that as we started because honestly uh this is a hinge point in all of history not just the history of the world and mortality but i think in all eternity i i'm absolutely convinced that the the work that the savior did applies throughout all eternity throughout all creation all of god's creations he is the son of god he is the savior and it's by him and through him and of him that worlds are and were created is by him and through him and of him that we are begotten sons and daughters unto god it is absolutely amazing what we owe this immaculate man that uh, so humbly followed uh, his father and and uh, his will and and uh, quite frankly today it's like what's in it for me what's in it for me and uh, i don't think that that thought ever crossed the mind of our savior i think it was uh, thy will be done father and it was on behalf of all of father's children which includes us mere mortals that that are struggling and stumbling and falling all our way through this life um it was because he wanted to do it for us too you know the greater love hath no man than this he laid down his life and and it's far more than what a mortal can do in laying down his life somehow incomprehensible he paid a price that allows us to return to a realm where father lives a realm in which no filth no wickedness can exist and somehow paid a price that cleansed us all if we're willing to accept it i mean it's like eh, a lot of people take that attitude nowadays but i'm not so sure that any of us even those that would love to be his disciples love to be convicted of being uh, one of his followers i don't think any of us really fully comprehend what all of that entails so so this is a, a day of awe in my opinion and uh, there are so many things that, I mean, the, the whole Passover thing from Moses forward was just leading up to this last great final Passover, if you will, when the true Passover lamb. And I could, oh, man, we could back now that my mind's racing along this. All stage. right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's just double down and say this. You know, is Trump a deep state operative? I asked that question because Lane Maxwell says Jeffrey Epstein did have photos on Trump and the Clintons, ladies and gentlemen. That's a serious indictment, to say the least. But Dr. Scott Bradley's talking about Good Friday, talking about the Passover. The reality is the tax deadline was moved from what, today, April 15th, to April 18th, 2022. You got a couple of more days? Oh, they're not your saviors, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about it more in seconds on your radio. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. The 
TheEpicTimes.com. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. Freedomfactor.org. Hi, I'm Dave. I'm seven years old. I'm sitting here in the corner having a time out until Mom comes to talk to me. All I did was cut my sister's hair. I was just trying to help. I guess Mom didn't like how I did it. In a minute, she'll be back me if I know what I did was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have cut her hair. And she'll say we all make mistakes because we're just learning about stuff. And she'll give me a hug and we'll end up talking about more stuff. No matter what you talk to your kids about, love is what they'll hear. I really like mom's timeouts. And I think she likes them too. Yeah, I think they help her remember how much she loves me. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. Dr. Scott Bradley with us, ladies and gentlemen. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. To preserve the nation, his goal. We cannot preserve the nation without education. And it's important to understand, ladies and gentlemen... When we say welcome to Passover and Good Friday, a lot of people don't have any historical context for this, Doctor. So I think you got to press rewind a little bit, help people understand Passover and Good Friday and Easter. And what are all these terms? Do they mean the same thing? Um, really, it's an interesting Judeo-Christian discussion, is it not? Well, it, it surely is. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's interesting to me how God uses uh parallelisms and, and symbolism throughout all of his works. I mean, many of the uh, ordinances we partake of are, are just saturated, if you will, with symbolism about things to help us call to mind uh, that which is needful to help turn our hearts to him. And uh, if we look back at the uh, uh, days of Moses in which he was trying to free the children of Israel, from the oppression of hundreds of years, literally, under the hands of wicked pharaohs that uh, that enslaved them, and uh, and the miraculous things that were brought about to try and get pharaoh's attention, and he just kind of blew them off. I mean, I look at the parallels today. I mean, how many times do we get called to to be reminded of God and our what should be our focus? And that ah, doesn't have anything to do with with God. It's just a tornado, or it's just an earthquake, or it's just a famine, or it's just an economic collapse, and oh, it's just this or that or the other. But, but uh, it just seems like if we say, "Now wait a minute," uh, we bring our lives into conformance to the the path that God has ordained, and and just maybe how far off are we, you know? But anyway, ultimately and finally, the sacrifice of the the children that the destroying angel did, and the the symbolism of the uh, sacrificial Paschal lamb and what was associated with that lamb um, when it was obtained and 
uh, it's just amazing and how they were led out of out of bondage and all through the years they had renewed these remembrances through the uh, symbolic preparations they did for Passover every time and and my personal opinion okay now this is again uh, but I think there's some evidence that should be considered about this my personal opinion about the birth of the Savior and the shepherds keeping watch of the flock by night I personally believe that and you know the Christ could not have been born December 25th and there's a lot of historical evidence that almost everybody whether they're an academe or a a secular leader or a uh, or a religious leader I mean that was that date was picked for reasons that are politically motivated more than anything else but the but the birth of Christ likely based upon all evidence happened in the spring early in the spring and um, I personally believe and again uh, this is something that I think we could discuss at length and maybe come to some you know interesting review but I personally believe that Christ was born on Passover, uh, B.C. 1, and uh, that those shepherds that were keeping watch over the flock by night, uh, uh, Josephus tells of, of the great concourse of Jews that came to Jerusalem to commemorate Passover, and they had uh, sacrificial lambs that were sacrificed in the temple. And and Josephus talks of about it's in the range of a quarter of a million lambs were sacrificed every Passover. I mean, that's think of the <laughs> the volumes of blood and think of the uh, uh, how how they would do that in a sh- very short period of time. But but the lambs had a very specific uh, requirement. Uh, they had to be you know blem- blemish free and so on. They had to be the best of the flock and so on. I personally believe that the shepherds that were watching over the flock by night were those, and shepherd, being a shepherd was a very honorable trade. And I believe these were specially chosen individuals that had, uh, you know, the responsibility of watching over these blemish-free lambs. And I believe that their character was such that when the angelic host appeared, they, 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 do you want to go see the real lamb? Do you want to go see the real sacrifice, sacrificial lamb? Well, here's where he is. <coughs> they got instructions on where to go as this infant was born and to be able to render some homage to him. So, you know, it's it, there's so many things. God knew the begin from the beginning and the end all throughout eternity, not just our history on earth. He knew uh, when he set forth this Paschal lamb and the and the freedom that came to the children of Israel in Egypt and their commemorations all through the years. All of these things would weave together. It's a magnificent tapestry, I believe, with the wisdom of God and how he uses all things to teach us if we're willing to listen and learn. And so um, what, why not? Why not have these uh, good men, honorable men, humble men, have the privilege, you know, it, Christ didn't come in a, you know, we talk about, oh my goodness, he's a, he's a God, he's, he's royalty, he's the great prince of peace, and, and he was born in a, you know, humble circumstances, it wasn't unheard of of children being born under these circumstances all the time, but, but he was sent to the most humblest of circumstances, and, 
uh, his life was lived not in the spotlight of, of you know royal robes and everything else like that. He he grew up walking dusty paths, learning uh, uh, from things he observed. I mean, my goodness, everything that he took upon himself could be paralleled in our lives, and I'm just shocked that uh, <laughs> we we don't have more awe and respect and uh, amazement for how things are, and and it was not a sanitized you know life. I mean, his birth was in a the place where animals were kept. He was laid in a manger, a feed uh, trough, if you will. It, his his dad was a humble carpenter, and well, his purported dad, his real dad was God, but his purported dad, his step, if you will, raised him in a little village in northern Jerusalem area. Well, it's north of Jerusalem because, well, we could go through the being brought out of Egypt like the other children of Israel were ultimately because of Herod's effort to kill all of the the babies. I mean, everything is a parallel that we can learn from if we're willing to. And and so, I don't know, I thought... We and a lot of people talk that. about Good Friday, which is basically a commemoration of the death of Jesus Christ, symbolizing when he was put on the cross by the evil Romans, backed by the Jews, really, who crucified Christ. Uh, we need to make sure that we don't crucify him afresh by ignoring these realities and or by taking parts in the spoils of the criminal activity uh, of those who would deny Christ. I like to focus a lot more, though, when we talk about the Passover and Good Friday, rather than focusing on uh, the death of Jesus Christ and the cross aspect of the discussion, which I think is critical to understand, don't get me wrong, but I prefer to focus on the living Christ. I prefer to focus on the resurrected being uh, who conquered death, who uh, was uh, truly the son of the living God with the power to raise himself from the dead uh, and to live eternally thereafter uh, as he then teaches us how we can follow him, turn to him, and the Prince of Peace can give us eternal life. He is the way, the life, and the truth. Okay, I, I prefer to focus more on that resurrected Christ, the living Christ, his offer to me uh, to participate in his plan of salvation uh, in the real solutions that's where i like to put my focus on passover days and good friday days i know it's slightly different than most people's focus but i believe it's the genuine focus of hope dr bradley well there's no question i mean we read the we read the end of the story <laughs> and know, know how it ultimately comes out that doesn't um, exempt us from the challenging times and so on there's so much to be learned at every step of the way and yes indeed he is the living Christ. He he is there. He is the one that we can look to always. He's unfailing and all that stuff. But I'll I'll just tell you a little story. It's kind of a personal story that happened. Uh, some of you may remember when the Mel Gibson put out The Passion of Christ. He was greatly criticized by many who thought it was an anti-Semitic work. And this could not be considered as anti-Semitic. There were, there were wicked leaders everywhere and uh, there was leadership that, uh, at the time of Christ's mortal existence, that the the hierarchy of the Jewish leadership was bad. That doesn't mean that Jewish people were bad. What it means is that they had bad leaders. Does that mean something similar today? I think it could be discussed. But at any rate, uh, many people say, oh, oh, it's an R-rated movie. How could anybody watch such a, a terrible thing? Well, uh, you know, I, I got a call one night, and uh, one of my children 
Well, we'll talk about this maybe. All right, we'll talk about a call one night in seconds. But, ladies and gentlemen, you got to ask yourself, sadly, why is history (laughs) rated R in the first place, huh? Uh, It's a battle between righteousness and wickedness, ladies and gentlemen. And that war waged in heaven continues on earth today. We're talking about it on Passover and Good Friday weekend. Tax day is Monday. Be prepared, huh? Are we all slaves? God save the republic. Pursuing liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Freddie Mac data is revealing buying a home has rates surging at a price not seen since 1987. The average price on a 30-year fixed mortgage hit 5% this week. Russia's defense ministry is reporting that the Moskva cruiser, the flagship of its Black Sea fleet, has sunk. Ukraine says it hit it with missiles. Russia claims it was an accidental fire that ignited ammunition. This week's subway shooting in New York, the NYPD reported 10 people were shot. Five of them hospitalized in critical but stable condition, and 13 others were injured in the panic. 62-year-old Frank James turned himself in and faced a federal judge Thursday. Mr. James did not enter a plea and is being held without bail. His attorney is reminding New Yorkers not to jump to conclusions. Initial press and police reports in cases like this one are often inaccurate. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 800-707-9709. 800-707-9709. That's 800-707-9709. The Food and Drug Administration has granted emergency use authorization to the first COVID-19 test that looks for the virus in your breath. The Inspector COVID-19 breathalyzer, about the size of carry-on luggage, is very portable, and it can give results in less than three minutes. Australia levies more sanctions against Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. Wendy King reports. Australia has announced additional sanctions against more than a dozen state-owned companies. It also continues to levy punitive measures against the Kremlin over its war in Ukraine. The sanctions target 14 state-owned companies, including defense-related entities, Kamaz, as well as shipping companies, Shevmash, and United Shipbuilding Corporation. Australia has imposed sanctions against some 600 individuals and entities since Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th. Thanks for listening, and a TGIF to you, my friend. We are USA Radio News. All right, Dr. Scott Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about welcome to Passover. Welcome to Good Friday. 
tax deadline is not today. I guess it's uh, changed to April 18th on Monday will become the d- damage from that. Uh, when people talk about Good Friday and the Passover and all this kind of stuff, no doubt the parallels from history are poignant, to say the least. No doubt there's so much to be learned uh, as we study the grace of Jesus Christ, the humility, the majesty of his central mission, the atonement, to suffer and die and then come forth on the third day as a resurrected immortal being, conquering death, literally fulfilling a prophesied mission for centuries. And then to use that to invite all of us to have safety through salvation. Will we obey? Will we focus on the living Christ uh, in our lives is really the question. Isn't it, Doctor? Well, it, it truly is. And, and we are brought to that by many different means. I mean, uh, some of us have it in quiet reverie of a thought process, reading the scriptures, prayer. Um, <coughs> what I started to talk about before the break was a call I got. Um, this was 18 years ago. You know, that Passion of Christ came out in 2004. And um, uh, one of my daughters was living quite a distance away from us, and, and so it was the evening, late, phone rings, I get a call, and, and uh, they're sobbing. There's just kind of choking words, and, and, and I, at first I didn't, I mean, it was like, what's happened? Has there been a car accident? Is somebody, what, what's going on? I mean, it was just indiscernible as to what uh, what was trying to be communicated, and it took me a few moments to recognized that was my daughter, and she was just uh, heartbroken and sobbing, and I thought that perhaps something terrible had happened, and and uh, but really something magnificent happened. And uh, what I got from her between her sobs was, I will never sin again. And, of course, none of us can say that. I mean, all of us. I mean, some of us are pretty arrogant, thinking that we, we've kind of, oh, we've made it on our own. We don't need Christ anymore, whatever. But uh, her sobs were such, and I came to understand that she had just gone to that movie, and she said from that that her desire was to never sin again because the price had been too high for the individual that had to pay the price, that she saw the, the offering of this magnificent man, the Savior, as a, uh, how, how could they do this to him? It was horrid. Uh, as a missionary many, many years ago, there's a deaf man that was learning about Christ. And th- sometimes we don't understand the isolation that some people feel. And, and deafness is a particularly isolating disability. Um, and, and anyway, in, in t- teaching this man about the gospel, the question was asked, well, who was Christ? And, uh, and this deaf man uh, said, well, I don't know, but he must have been horrible because Every time I've seen anything about him, they were killing him. I mean, it's just appalling what we miss in this man's life. But when my daughter called and said the price was too high that he had to pay for us, and it just deeply, deeply affected her. And it's interesting, the other night uh, we were kind of surfing through the channels a little bit, my wife and I, in a, you know, relaxed moment, and... and, uh, 
the scourging of Christ came up from the passion of Christ. And my wife says, I can't watch this. I simply can't watch this. It's, it's just too brutal. But you know what? I have to ask, where were you? Where were you when it really happened? And, and I, I think a lot of us, it's my personal belief that many of us got to observe that. And uh, that the whatever price he paid, we understood better than we do now in our, you know, little personal, you know, gated communities that we live in and everything. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of the Alan Jackson song, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? On that fateful day. Now, they were talking about 9-11, but this is a little more uh, important than that, right? There's no question. I I jokingly say a little more important, right? It's a hinge point in all eternity, and uh, and all that went together on it, I think, needs to be contemplated. And uh, you know, oh, yeah, it's Friday, it's the end of the work week, and what do you got going over the weekend? And you know, of course, it's Easter. That's uh, Sam. You brought this up a couple of times. I mean, that's the day of the restoration, the resurrection. The living Christ came forth out of the tomb, and Mary was the first one to be able to behold a a uh, resurrected being and 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 you know here uh, you know the the in the jewish days of ancient times you know 2000 years ago uh women were kind of you know to be seen but not heard in a way you know and um, and here she was introduced by himself and and you know it's interesting uh, i have to wonder if, if you know through her tears she couldn't see she thought it was the gardener or whatever that was there, where have you laid him? You know, it was a borrowed tomb, for crying out loud. He didn't even have, you know, a, a decent burial, hardly. Borrowed I mean, from they, Joseph they, of Arimathea, right? Exactly. But, you know, it was hastily prepared, you know, for the day of, I mean, there was a, a high day, if you will, that they needed to, they couldn't have dead bodies laying around and on crosses and everything, and that's why the Jews, the hierarchy of the Jews wanted him killed on the cross so that they wouldn't have the land desecrated by dead bodies hanging up there. Well, come on. They just killed the Son of God, for crying out loud. But when when Mary and, uh, went there and, and through her tears, she said, where did you put him? I, I want to be able to, I'll, I'll go move his body if I have to. This is a borrowed grave. I know that. But uh, I don't know when he said Mary. Maybe it was his tone, his accent, his tenderness. I don't know. And she, through her tears, saw who it was. I mean, suddenly all the darkness dispelled, and that's kind of where we need to be, dispel the darkness. Let's move forward with, with the great hope that, um, that Christ brings in everything. I mean, all of the nonsense, utter, complete, total, disastrous, ointed, awful nonsense that fills the world, we've got to give some pause sometime to look at our great hope. And, and I, you know, I see in that moment when Mary, you know, had that, epiphany kind of oh wait a minute wait 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 i know that voice and uh to see him you know um but he still had work to do uh, and he did work he says i you know go go tell my brethren that what you've seen and of course they didn't believe her you know wives tales you know all that kind of stuff the road to emmaus i mean what happened i mean so often he's with us oh i hope he's with us and i, and I find that interesting us. that we call that a wives tale yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but but the, the guys that are walking along the road, and, and he joins them, and they talk along the way, and, and he joins them for dinner. 
how often are we kind of muddling through our lives with, with uh, oh, man, the burdens of everything sitting upon us, and, oh, how can we, you know, it can't get any worse, you know, kind of thing. But maybe maybe he's closer if we'll just look. And, you know, our, our, perhaps our eyes are holding for a reason, as theirs were. But, but it's just astonishing to me if we'll just give pause and hear the quiet whisperings of the Spirit rather than the raucous voices that seem to surround us in the world today. I mean, the, uh, it's just astonishing to me where we have been taken by unworthies, lessers, you know, from the highest offices in the land to the media people, to the entertainment people, to the, um, you know, the educational academic world. There's a, a kind of a, a tearing down and degrading that happens. I mean, holy cow, look at the subjects that we talk about every time we get together, Sam. And it's like, how how are we experiencing something that has been brought to such a low level, but but we do have a higher level, a, 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 a plateau, if you will. We're resting on a lower plateau that we can be raised to another plateau. Anyway. Yes, I, and, it, know, and it really starts with how the Savior um, showed himself after the resurrection. I mean, it was Mary, and people doubted it, but why was she the first to see him? you got to kind of think about that a little bit. Then the apostles. But then there was the doubting Thomas, who represents a lot of people even in modern times, are you one of those? Are you a Mary? Uh, sad, but with hope, but kind of a lack of hope at first, not because you don't have hope, but because you don't have understanding, and then hope becomes realized. Uh, so are you that kind of a faith hope person like a Mary? Are you a doubting Thomas? Do you fall somewhere in between? If you're a doubting Thomas, what proof do you need? Do you need to feel the uh, piercing in his side, uh, the holes in his hands and feet? Uh, do you? What is it going to take for you to become a follower of Christ? What is it going to take for you to focus on, believe in, and follow the living Christ? What's it going to take for you, ladies and gentlemen? Or are you already there? Well, then maybe you can lengthen your stride, huh? This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens can a country founded on god-given rights 
continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator. I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. The good doctors in the house, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley, his website, freedomsrisingsun.com, and Sam Bushman talking about welcome to Passover and Good Friday. But we focus on the living Christ, ladies and gentlemen, and his resurrection, his conquering of death. What an incredible world's solution to save us all if we are willing. Will we believe in, focus on, and follow the living Christ is the ultimate question today. Believe it or not, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill on Thursday ending most abortions in the state after 15 weeks. The legislation, they say, changes Florida's abortion limit from six months gestation to 15 weeks with exceptions in place for medical emergencies threatening the life of the mother and the life and health of the mother, I should say. And for cases of fatal fetal abnormalities, they say, which I believe is really, really rare, but nevertheless, Florida's new law, ladies and gentlemen, comes weeks before the Supreme Court is expected to decide on the constitutionality of a similar Mississippi law banning most abortions at 15 weeks. Uh, and really the question becomes, what about Roe versus Wade in the balance? I think it's fitting that as we talk about the living Christ, we talk about life, Doctor. Well, if you, again, we're, I, I like to compare and contrast and use the analogies that I see in life. And God teaches us that way. And I think that it's, it's a pretty special way to learn because there's impressions made. And, and I think about, oh, let's just look at Herod and his decree about killing the, the little children. I mean, how many Herods have we got today? That, uh, that use any manner or number of excuses for these, the most innocent, the most um, voiceless, the most uh, vulnerable of all of society. Uh, and uh, there are many that are seeking, you know, to, to put this, huh, boy, it's a right, it's a privilege, it's an honor, it's let's kill the babies kind of thing. And you look at the Herod and what a heinous act he did uh, when he killed the little children. Uh, you, you look at uh, how today uh, there's a there's a big debate over this kind of thing, and all through history it, it's been a problem. It's been a it's been commanded by God that these things, this this uh, murder and anything like unto it, is abominable to Him, and uh, the innocence that's killed. I I think about innocence. Uh, Pilate, when when he washed his hands of the innocent man. Uh, it's Christ, and and uh, I, I, boy, I see many governors today, and I wonder why Utah has not been our, you know, it's our home state, 
has not been at the forefront of this effort to rid the world of this plague of, of killing unborn children. Uh, where no, 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 we'll wash our hands. There might be a, oh, there might be a lawsuit. There might be somebody that pushes back. We want to be accepting and and we want to, uh, you know, basically embrace everybody. We don't want to offend anybody. And and so we have plenty of governors that wash their hands like Pilate did um, when faced with things like this. I, I'm so pleased that there are people out there that are trying to say, you know, we're going to, you know, we're not going to wash our hands of the blood of innocence. We're going to try and take steps that will preserve innocent life and so on. But again, there's parallels in everything. And uh, I, I guess I find, oh, let's look at the apostles for just a minute. Uh, the Passover supper with the Savior. He says, one of you guys is going to betray me. And, and what I find fascinating is the introspection that happened by those that were there. They weren't pointing fingers, oh, I bet it's him. Oh, yeah, ha, ha. I always figured he was going to be the bad guy. You know, there was no, it was, Lord, is it I? Is it I? People need to do an introspection. They need to see within themselves, look within their own hearts. We do. We all do. And I'm not pointing my fingers at anybody. I point them at myself and I say, I need to introspect and say, where am I, you know, betraying Christ? Where am I falling short? Where am I, you know, betraying the innocence or, or whatever? How does this apply to me? And, and I was so impressed with the great bulk of the apostles that were found uh, at the Passover with Christ. And, of course, Judas had already betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Think of 30, 50-cent pieces. You know, that's, that's about what it was. The, I think it was like $17 in the old money that we had before we ruined it with inflation. You know, like, like um, 30 pieces of silver, the price, price of a slave. He betrayed his God, his Lord. And how many of us do that? And by the way, if you compare it to inflation today, it's about 600 bucks. Okay, fine. How many of us sell our souls for that money or less? A few pence. How much, how much, how much is your soul worth? How much do we sell the Savior for? And, and we look at how we, we betray him at different levels all the time. I mean, are we honest in our dealings with our fellow man? Are we... Uh, honorable in, in the things we stand for? Do we stand for government agencies and actions that steal from one and give to another and call it charity? There's no compulsion in charity. It's a free will, heartfelt giving that happens. That's real charity. You cannot do anything by force of government and call it charity. It just simply is a contradiction of terms. All of these things we can think about as we look at this immaculate Christ and how his life is exemplary for everything that we, uh, everything we ought to stand for, and say, is it I? Where do I? Well, that's individually short? and as a nation, we ought ask that question. But I find it no coincidence uh, that Ron DeSantis promotes pro-life as the governor of Florida. Is the bill perfect? No, it's not. Most of them across the country have caveats that I don't like. But this effort to stand up for pro-life is a really, really a critical one. And I find it no coincidence that, you know what, while Ron DeSantis in Oklahoma is standing up for pro-life, while the Supreme Court's debating and dealing with this pro-life issue, as when we see Good Friday 
and the Passover and focus on the resurrection of Christ conquering all death. And then through the atonement of Christ making it possible for even people like me. You know, you, you see these um, uh, water guns as the summer approaches called super soakers. Well, I'm like a super sinner, folks. And so, therefore, you need to understand that my super sitting status makes me a great candidate for the need of repentance and for the desire to follow Christ. Can I focus on him? But I got to focus on the living Christ. That's one thing people don't really give enough attention to. He lives, ladies and gentlemen, and he made it possible for me to follow his example in his path and repent and change. And after I do my best. He'll do the rest. Now you say, wait a minute, Sam, That's you act as if it's up to you. No, I don't. I'm just telling you that, hey, back in Moses' day, uh, the rod was there, and he'd throw it down, it turns it into a snake, and then pick it up, and it turned into a rod, and look to this for your safety. And then, uh, you know what? You'll be saved if you're willing to look. Wow, how simple that seems. Is it as simple in our day? Maybe, maybe not, but it's something to really consider. Now you take the blood on the post of the houses. For the people to be saved by the, um, you know, angel. Uh, was that a physical act you had to do? So I'm merely telling you historically, biblically, that we have been given things to do by God to qualify. And if we do those things, then you know what? The atonement becomes operable in our lives. Not because of us, because of him. But we must do what he asks us to do to qualify. There's a little bit of hope and faith in that reality check as we follow the living christ doctor well you know there's we all have a role to play and and uh to discovering that role i think is 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 really a, a growth process but i'll just tell you another little uh, it's it's a personal kind of feeling i have uh however small my role is i would like to perform it well and I, th I think of this guy that was pressed into service along the pathway to Golgotha. His name was Simon, the Cyrenian. And uh, we can infer from the scriptures that, that the early church members knew who he was and who his sons were. But at any rate, here's a guy, a bystander, if you will. He's pressed into service. The Romans say, hey, look, this is not moving fast enough. We've got to do something more here. And, and so they grab this guy. He's, he's a stout fellow, probably, and, and looks like he can help carry the load, if you will. And and uh, this was a very, I mean, it, nobody wanted to. I mean, this instrument of death, this cross that Christ was carrying, it's a it's a symbol of ignominy, you know. And, and, uh, and here, this guy, Simon the Cyrenian, gets pressed into service. It was kind of, no, no, not me, not me, not me. But, you know, uh, for some reason, I identify with him. You know, I if any any little bit I could do in in uh, working with uh, side by side, I mean, they probably were together, Christ and Simon, uh, carrying this cross. You know, they were, you know, brothers, if you will, in in this labor. It was a little thing, but but he was carrying his load, his part of the load, and and maybe just maybe. Each of us in, in our little robe to Golgotha can become a Simon, if you will, that's willing to carry our part of the load, that's willing to, you know, serve with and for the Savior in a manner that brings about some good. And, and Simon, we don't know anything else about him. We don't know if he became a great missionary or if he, you know, his boys did or, or whatever. I, we don't know. 
But we but know this, the, the symbolism is not lost on us, that whether we carry the cross for Christ physically as he did, whether we do it uh, in our hearts and in our minds with our actions, uh, well, when we get baptized, we promise, we covenant that we will bear one another's burdens. Is that carrying the cross of Christ, symbolically well, speaking? Well, we lift our fellow man. I think so. Sure. You bet. You bet. No, we, I think that is the grand... I think that is the genuine takeaway from this broadcast today is at this special time, remember who we are. Remember that the sacred cause of liberty is inseparably connected with Christ and his great central mission atonement in God's eternal plan for his children. And it is by following the living Christ. It is by believing in, having faith in, and a willingness to focus on and follow the Savior Jesus Christ that will bring not only inner peace, but we'll back the sacred cause of liberty. We need to do this individually, and we need to do this in families, and really as the nation mirrors the morality of families, we need a nationwide repentance, a nationwide return to Christ, a nationwide desire to follow the living Christ, keep his commandments, and if we do so, liberty will be the order of the day, and blessings will indeed follow. Isn't that really the takeaway, Doctor? Well, I, th I think so. And you talk about this I issue of liberty, and there's not enough time even to broach the subject. But if you go back and read in the, the fourth chapter of Luke, when Christ introduces himself back into his hometown, and he's in the synagogue, and they bring the book of Isaiah to read. And he reads the beginning of the 61st chapter of Isaiah. In there, he talks what his mission is, and it is to liberate the captive and to heal those that are in need of healing. Liberty is a central role in the Christ's mission, and he says that from the very beginning when he's introduced back into his hometown. So it, it all weaves together, people. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Bradley's with me, but the great physician is whom we serve. It is whom we focus on this incredible Good Friday and Passover weekend, and it is his example and his conquering uh, death with taking up his own life. It's the great atonement to which we turn for liberty and solutions that we may all have eternal life. It's having faith in the living Christ. God save the Republic of the United States of America.